0: Hello and welcome to the Millennial Economics Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping young people be successful with money. Join us as we discuss personal finance, financial literacy, investing, the psychology behind being financially fit and much more. Here's your host, Jerry Dixon. Good evening, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to episode 66 of the Millennial Economics Podcast. Um, Thank you so much for joining. So normal housekeeping out of the way, and I'm going to keep this really brief because I'm excited just to dive right on into our topic here. Um, But if you are listening, um, particularly those of you that have been listening a while, uh, maybe even if you're a new listener, we have tons and tons of new listeners, uh, very exciting, and thank you for joining us, everybody that's new Um, But if you enjoy the podcast, if you've learned anything from the podcast, I'd really, really appreciate it if you left us a review. Um, If you're listening on Spotify, you can't leave a review, I don't believe, but you can subscribe. Um, If you're listening on Apple or on Google Podcasts, leaving a review just helps get the podcast in front of new eyes, or excuse me, new ears. We're listening to podcasts. Uh, So let's dive right into the topic here today. Um, We are going to do an answering Reddit episode here. Excuse me. So I will get right into the post. So the title is, a little bit of a long one, I earn what I think is a very comfortable salary, so why does it feel like I'm unable to save for a house slash grad school, afford to live on my own, or really spend money to enjoy life? And the post reads, I'll get right to the point. I'm in a medium cost of living city in the U.S. and I earn $82,000 annually, so $6,800 a month this is the breakdown of my expenses. Um, And it goes over the breakdown. I will kind of, I'm going to nerd out here with some numbers here, um, so bear with us. Um, So monthly salary is $6,833. Taxes paid, um, both federal, state, local city taxes equals $2,000. Roth 401k contributions is $1,625, which he maxes out, he or she maxes out. Roth IRA contributions, which is $500, which this person maxes out. HSA, $300, which this person maxes out. Um, rent, $900, and this is with three roommates. Um, rent insurance, $15. Healthcare premium, $250. Utilities, $150. Transportation, $100. Phone plan, $20. Food, $200. Healthcare deductible, $100 miscellaneous 150, which is for entertainment, caring for parents, that sort of thing. So a remainder of $473 a month. And the post continues. For background, the caring for parents is mostly just buying or sending my mom's stuff because she's in a nursing home in a different state so I don't see her in person much anymore. Just things like snacks or letters or flowers or stuff like that. With COVID, I can't see her in person. I don't want to end up in a place like the care home she's in, so I prioritize saving for retirement. I always hit my health care deductible because I have some underlying health conditions. After all of this, it doesn't feel like I have much wiggle room to save for a house or for grad school, which could potentially increase my salary. It would be nice to live on my own in a few years. I'm 31, but apartments in my city run around $1,200, so that would burn through most of my surplus. Down payment for a house... Forget about that. I like to think I live somewhat frugally, and eighty-two thousand dollars is a great salary. I'm saving too much. Am I saving too much for retirement? As the title says, why does it feel like even with this fantastic salary, I'm only able to set aside a couple of thousands a year? I can't afford to live on my own, etc. Okay. So to start, I, I I really was gravitated toward this post because I think a lot of us, regardless of Really, where we find ourselves on the income um, level, I guess I'll say, um, probably feel this way to a certain extent. It is, <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I felt this way when I um, made $40,000 a year, and I felt this way when I've, I've made more than that. Uh, and it's very interesting. Because um, it seems like whether it's lifestyle creep or just allocating money, and it's funny, I was actually just talking to my friend about this, Um, even even just saving money, allocating it to investing, allocating it to retirement, when our paychecks come through and actually hit our account and then all those line items get taken out from our margin every month. Um, Oftentimes, it feels like we don't have much, even though our paychecks and our pay stubs might be um, showing a very large number. And I would agree, this individual is single from all accounts, or at least uh, maybe has a significant other, but is not married. Um, And they live in an apartment, they don't own a home, they have no children. So $82,000 is a very healthy salary. So to answer the question, why does this person feel like there's not much margin, I think there's a few places that we can look. And I think there's probably a few places that you can look as well. Um, what I would say for this individual is that some of the the reason why this person feels like there's not much margin is is for good reasons. The money is going to good things. But if we're looking at our other finances, or if you are feeling like money is tight every month, even though you make a good amount of money, again, you need to build a good foundation, like we always talk about. You need to create a budget. You need to see where all of your money is going and then you need to take a look at the line items that don't need to be there or that could be smaller and get rid of them or trim them down or get rid of them and allocate it to something else. Okay, And that something else would be investing, investing into retirement, um, creating goals for yourself and start saving for those. Um, in the case of this person for the, the poster that we're talking about here, it would be maybe saving for a house or saving for grad school, right? But maybe you're eating out expenses or your grocery budget is way out of whack even though you think it is, but really at the end of the month, maybe you're budgeting $800 a month if you have a family. Let's just say you're eight, $900 a month for groceries and you realize when you take a deeper look and you actually build out your budget that you're spending 12, 13, $1,400 a month. It's easy to do, don't judge. So maybe you realize you're spending way too much on your groceries and you need to tighten that up a little bit, or maybe you realize you're going out too much and spending too much um, on entertainment, or maybe you're taking too many vacations throughout the year, or maybe your mortgage is way out of whack with how much that you actually earn every month, or maybe you have um, two ridiculous car payments, or the list goes on and on. So... Creating that budget and monitoring where your money is going is going to be very important. Um, but to get to, back to this person, there are a few key areas that I believe this person is a little bit out of balance. And I don't want to say out of whack because I don't think the things that this person is doing is necessarily foolish, but I think they're out of balance. Okay. And one thing that I like to talk about is balance because you have to balance the long term with the short term in personal finance we have to balance the long term with the short term we have to balance the, the our 50 55 60 65 70 80 year old self with speaking in terms of myself our 30 our 35 our 40 year old self right and we don't want to we don't want that to be out of balance because what an unbalanced lifestyle in that instance looks like is if we're living too much in the now, we're spending all of our money on things that are just pleasing us in the moment. And it's so easy to do, and this is what most people do, is they spend their money to please themselves in the moment, okay? And then when they get down the road, they have nothing to lean on, so they end up working till they die, or they may not be able to spend as much time with their grandchildren, or you know, they might be um, maybe working not the best type of job in, until they die, or they're not able to achieve some of the travel goals they have. The list goes on and on. Okay, so that's kind of what that balance looks like and, and people my age would call that YOLO. You only live once, live every day like it's the last and there are actually good principles of that, I do believe, but again, if our life is out of balance, we're sacrificing the future for present gratification. Okay, on the flip side, and this is not something that a lot of people in the personal finance community talk about, but you can have a balance on the other direction. You can be sacrificing everything now for your 65-year-old self. And the truth of the matter is is that we're not promised tomorrow so you might not ever get to that 65 that you spent your whole life working for. You might be allocating every last penny into investments and into retirement and to money that you probably can't even touch till you're 55 and a half years old. You don't enjoy anything that you do. You don't allow your significant other to enjoy anything you do. You don't allow your children to enjoy anything about their life in terms of being able to do things. Not that enjoyment of life is all about getting able to do things and purchase things, but you understand what I'm saying for this example. So you sacrifice everything for the now, not only for yourself, but others around you for a future self that may not be there, okay? So we have to balance it out. Chances are you will have a future self and you also need to prioritize enjoying the, thing, enjoying the fruits of your labor as well. There has to be a fine balance, okay? So before I get into the, the recommendation I would give to this individual, um, let's take a quick, quick break um, to hear a word from our sponsor this episode. Hello kind people, podcast steers. I don't know if that's a word or not, but we are rolling with it. I wanted to tell you a little bit about Acorns today and if you've listened to the podcast, you know my passion for Acorns is strong uh, because I truly believe it's a great platform and I use it personally. Um, So I can tell you over the past four years, Acorns has been an incredible asset to me in my investing. It's where I learned about investing and dividends and compound interest. Um, And again, I still use it to this day. Um, It is a platform that is absolutely fantastic, fantastic for people that are new to investing. Again, I'm not new to investing, somewhat new. I still use it, but for those of you who are looking to start investing or are looking for an easy platform to start investing, I can't recommend Acorns enough. It has two great features among many, but I'll just touch on a few here. The two that I particularly use. Number one is the Roundup feature. So when you open your Acorns account, you can actually link one of your cards, credit card or debit card to the account. Acorns will round up each transaction that you make with that card and invest the spare change into your investment account there with Acorns. How cool is that? If you're looking to do something that's automated, that's going to force you to invest every time you spend your money, this is a great feature. I have used it. Um, it's, It's phenomenal. The second feature, which I use far more, is just the recurring investments. You can set a specific dollar amount and a specific day of the week or a specific day of the month or time of the month to automatically invest money. If you listen to the previous podcast and you listen to my story about um, how I started investing, or not my previous podcast, but one of my podcasts before about how I started investing. I downloaded Acorns and I started investing $5 every Friday. And it wasn't a lot, but over the months and months and me even forgetting that money was going in there, I learned about compound interest and I learned about what dividends were. So you can start off small and now I use that same recurring feature just with a little bit more money, but I do it every week. Um, So if you're interested in Acorns um, and the many services that they provide, Um, So not only roundups, not only recurring investments, but um, retirement accounts and accounts for your kids, um, tons of things. Um, I I can't recommend Acorns enough. There is a link down in the show notes. If you use that link, my referral link, you're going to get $5 added to your account um, at no charge to you. No charge. You don't have to even put any money into that account to access that $5. It's absolutely free money. So if you are interested in that and learning more about Acorns and trying it out for yourself, go to the show notes, click on the link, and you will get $5 added to your account. Um, That is all that I'll talk about this, but you'll probably hear me talk about it more in the show. Um, But here is back to the episode. All right, so hopping right back in where we left off. Get back to my screen here. Um, So a few recommendations I would have for this individual. Um, Number one, we've already established that their salary, especially where they are in life is incredibly healthy, okay, incredibly good. Um, I would advise this person to make some goals to keep increasing income um, because they are uh, young still, right? And I say young, they're, they're about my age. Um, but we don't want to be stagnant, right? So we, we always want to be increasing that income if we can. Um, however, I do believe a few things are out of whack. So when we were talking about balance, I think this person is balancing – um, the future self is, is holding too high of, a, high of a priority, and the current self is, is uh, being sacrificed. The current state is being sacrificed. So let's go over some of these expenses again. So the monthly salary is 68,33, the taxes are 2,000, unavoidable. Um, but look at how large the contributions are to a Roth 401K, a Roth IRA and the HSA account um all in all and I'm going to do quick math in my head 1625 plus 500 is I believe 2125 plus 300 would be 2425 okay so tw- 2425 dollars of 6800 we'll say we'll round a little bit um, is being allocated toward future self and while all these things are great that's that's a high high I mean that's I believe in our instance, over 30%, maybe around 35% that's being allocated toward retirement accounts, okay? And while I think that's great, and depending on what this individual's goal is, and it doesn't sound like this is their goal, but if their goal was to retire early, then they would be somewhat on the right track. But if this person's goal is to retire um, and be able to do some of the things they wanna do, maybe retire a little bit early, but retire with enough to live on, um, they are, I, I think it's a little bit It's a little bit too much, okay? Um, also, what I would say is this person is investing all of their money, save the HSA account, excuse me, but the contributions to the Roth 401k and the Roth IRA are after-tax investments into accounts that you'll be able to pull out of tax-free, as opposed to a traditional 401k, that's a pre-tax deduction, okay, which would... Be when you, when you um, withdraw that fun, those funds, excuse me, when you withdraw those funds, they are taxed at that time. Okay. However, the benefit of doing a pre-tax deduction is um, you're not paying taxes on that money up front, so it would greatly increase the amount of margin this person has every month because they wouldn't be paying as much um, in in taxes. And I would suggest that in addition because they're already con- maxing out their IRA, which is a an after-tax investment as well. So I'd probably change this Roth 401k to a traditional 401k that's a pre-tax deduction. Um, also, when we think about pre-tax deductions, it lowers your adjusted gross income, which lowers the amount of taxes that you pay um, even at the end of the year when it's tax season. Okay? So I think, first of all, that would help. Second of all, because of some of the goals that this individual has, I would probably recommend tailoring back the amount that they're investing in any type of retirement account, at a period. So maybe instead of 30 to 35%, we adjust down to 20 to 25%. Maybe we take a 10% deduction, okay? Not because investing in retirement or investing in all is bad, but because we have other goals that we're trying to achieve at this point in our life. Number one, we're trying to move out. Number two, we're trying to buy a house. Number three, we're trying to go to grad school. Okay, all great goals again, right? Check yourself. Are these goals great? Are they going to be fruitful? Are they going to bring me enjoyment? Probably all of those things would be yes. And I think personally, all of these things are, are things worth trying to achieve for this individual in the next one, two, three years and are definitely achievable while still investing and doing things wisely. So that's all really I had to say. I think this was a great case study for us to take a look at, that number one, this individual has their complete budget broken out and they know where their money is going. If you are not in that spot, you need to be. So take some time today, tonight, this morning, this week, to go ahead and break down all of your expenses and figure out where your money is going. It's also a great lesson for us to take a look at and think about what's the balance look like in my life. Is my life balanced? If it's out of balance, what does it look like to be in balance? If you don't know what balance looks like, reach out to myself, reach out to somebody that you trust about finances and ask them what a balance would look like. Um, so that is all really that I have. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 66 and we will talk again soon.